0: That I think as Christians, we have a tendency a lot of times to, like, invite people to our stuff and not want to go to, I don't like to say it like this, but their stuff, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I mean by that is, like, we're just like, hey, come do this, come do this, come do this, come hear what I have to say. and Totally.
1: Well, we are, um, you know, we've all kind of worked through this book together, and I love Kyle and Robbie. They're so fun uh, to spend time with, but they're incredibly thoughtful people. And um, Robbie, you're about to finish your doctorate in what?
0: Public theology and apologetics.
1: Yeah, I was never going to get all that in there. I was like, apologetics ish. Yeah. Roundaboutsies. And uh, Kyle has been doing ministry for how many years?
2: Uh, 38.
1: Yes. And led countless people to Jesus. Um, And we're just, uh, I'm super grateful to have their time and to borrow their brains a little bit for our conversation that will extend two parts. So this will be um, a part of two different podcasts. So make sure you have this liked and you've subscribed to it so that next week you don't miss the rest of the conversation.
0: Don't forget to click that bell. Always wanted to say that, so...
1: All right. Well, we left off last week after we talked about checking our context and uh, what that really looks like. And so today we want to just kind of wrap that conversation up a little bit, because when we were finishing it up, we talked about how one of the reasons we lack context often is uh, because we don't really look at that person and care about that person Um, in the way that Jesus does. and as a person who's created in God's image with value and worth, a lot of times, especially when we're sharing the gospel, for me, I feel like, okay, I've got this mission that I need to accomplish. And so it becomes a little more self-focused and about me getting something done and accomplishing a project rather than honoring this person that and loving this person right mm-hmm. where they are. So um I'd love to just hear kind of your thoughts about that. Where are some times where you've noticed, hey, I didn't love people well and because I didn't, man, it it made the gospel hard to share.
0: Could I ask you a question about that though? Sure. But like you are the most super like I love everyone person, right? So then do you just like (laughs) Yeah. So do you just like like switch gears when you start to talk about faith with someone like in your uh, own head?
1: Gosh, that's so hard. I think for me, when I walk in with that, like when I know someone's lost. And, and I would say I have grown in this quite a bit. Yeah. So I think um, time reveals truth, one, and you make enough mistakes that you learn from it. And so the way I interact now is quite a bit different than I interacted with people 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And some of your most fruitful time, um, you're around lost people all the time is when you're in high school and college mm-hmm. and constantly surrounded by people, uh, especially in um, our line of work, which we're in ministry. So we work around uh, mostly people who believe what we believe. And I would say what would happen is the goal would, uh, it would be more about, hey, I'm, I want, I'm so desperate for you to understand what I'm saying that I just continue Mm. to move through how I understand it Mm -hmm. (laughs) rather than taking time to slow down and ask enough questions because the reason you can't hear is not because you don't want to hear. It's because I didn't ask enough questions to teach you effectively, if that makes Mm. sense. Mm. So that's just, it's been experiential to say, gosh, I had, I just slowed down and I put my foot in my mouth enough times, um, where I've said something and then, um, realized, oh, they're like, well, actually, and it's like, oh, well, had I slowed down a little bit and mm-hmm. learned more about you first, I would, first of all, not have offended you or hurt you so deeply just now. And um, second, I would have definitely been able to communicate better.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, Robbie's one of the best at understanding context I've ever seen. Part of that comes from when he was in a secular work. Uh, he worked with a lot of international uh, restaurants and so he had to take time to get to know their context. You wanna share some of that, Robbie? It really always impressed me.
0: Yeah, was there one that you remember that stood out to you the most? Or? Yeah,
2: the one over there by um by the mall. Um Sticky Rice. Sticky Cafe. Rice,
0: yes. Uh yeah. So they She she's awesome. Actually, sticky rice is one of my favorite restaurants in Knoxville. So she's awesome. So she she is would consider herself, I believe, uh, to be a Christian. But really, it helped me to understand, like, first of all, what I when I study these different religions in college, they tell you like, hey, this is what these people believe and this is how the gospel matches up with that right Mm -hmm. this is like the points of tension that you can press into and stuff like that but what i learned was that literally every different person has like their own worldview of beliefs right and so it's not this tower that just just like like stacks uh, up just
2: like us christians
0: that's true (laughs) that's exactly it (laughs) um so it's not just this like big tower of beliefs. Everybody has these little stacks of beliefs, Mm -hmm. right? So they might have beliefs about, hey, this is what truth means. This is what love means. This is what family means. This is what it means to be good. This is what it means to be sinful. This is what God means to me. And so you couldn't just have a generic conversation around that. You really had to kind of situate yourself and understand like what they believed.
1: Mm, That's so good. What do you think, so for you when you walk into those conversations and you say, hey, I really I want this person to know Jesus, how, how are you approaching that?
0: So I think maybe first I would, well, I, I don't know if they do or don't love Jesus most sure. of the time, right? Mm-hmm. So just because they look different from me or right. talk with a different accent, so- like I don't want to assume that. But I typically, like, approach it that, hey, like, this is a person that God loves and that God wants me to love, right? And yeah. that's kind of my starting ground with that. And so if you do love someone, then you want to get to know them. So that's really my first starting ground. Like, people are just interesting to me, you know?
1: I would say, though, that most people don't feel that way about people. People are interesting to me. I, and I would think like, – I mean – the culture, in and of itself, is like I don't really want to be around other people. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to change my life because that's something I notice as Zach and I orient our life more as much as we can around this. Is it requires literally restructuring your entire existence? That is true. And um, I mean, maybe I'm the only person that's selfish, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm like, gosh, I have to. I have somewhere to go. I have something to do. And we're all, I mean, the culture in and of itself, at least in our, our context, is very busy. And to spend time with someone and get to know them, it takes like, what, 90 hours to go from acquaintance to friend. Hmm.
2: Uh-huh. So it's like,
1: hey, where am I going to, like, uh, am I in a place where I really want to invest 90 hours in another human?
2: But you know, there are places that we go uh, regularly
0: mm-hmm. that
2: we enjoy, like, uh, believe it or not, I enjoy going to the mall. One of my favorite things. It's relaxing to me. I love them. I all. love to shop. I love the food court. And Where's uh, your
1: favorite place to shop at the mall?
2: Well, it'd probably be Eddie Bauer or Dillard's. Dillard's has the better sales, and uh, so uh, I'm loving this. Well, I right was there now. today, and um, really, yes, got a few Did good you stories buy too. Good? Mm. I love it. But anyway, that. Uh, like I was walking th- uh, back through Dillard's to my car today, and uh, this sales lady that works in an area where I shop a lot, Chad and I do, mm-hmm. the kind of clothes we buy and she called my name called me over and uh, she wanted to tell me some news she got engaged and showed me her ring it was beautiful and uh, her name is wendy and um, i've asked had a lot of conversations with wendy about a lot of uh, shirts there in her department and um, gotten to know her and had opportunities to ask her some spiritual questions find out where she is she's very open And, uh, but just the fact that she would call me over and want to celebrate that she got engaged, uh, I was very encouraged by that. And we'll continue spiritual conversations. So, there's places we go Mm -hmm. regularly. We'll just take the time, uh, not making it transactional and just get to know people. Uh, Now, to be fair, uh, I enjoy that. So, it comes a little more natural to me.
1: What about so, what would you say for somebody who maybe they don't enjoy that? I could talk to the wall for hours by myself no. until <laughs> his last name's wall. Um, I, can... <laughs> I got it. That took you a minute, didn't it? <laughs> um, we, uh, so let's say I'm not very good at that. I don't enjoy that. It's not my gifting. All of the ways that people would say getting to know someone is not something that I really want to or feel like I'm good at doing.
2: Yeah. You know, I think um, we all know that we need encouragement. So whether you're an introvert, extrovert, we all feel we need encouragement. We like encouragement, don't we? Mm-hmm. And so if I'm, a, at a place and someone's at the a cashier stand or wherever they may be, um, I just know the world needs encouragement. So I'm going to try to always say something encouraging to that person. Hey, you're doing a tremendous job. Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Love your spirit. And, uh, Just encourage them and then thank them and uh, wish them a a great day or a great weekend. And uh, so I think there's things we can all do, whether we're introverts or extroverts, if we just realize some of the things we need, we have the ability to give to others.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and I love um, there was a, you know, in this book that we were reading through, Matt talks about how he has treated evangelistic encounters more like a box to be Mm -hmm. checked than a person to be loved. And he, um, he says this, that Jesus understood that every human life is a miracle. Every human life mm-hmm. is fascinating. Um, and every human life bears the imprint of God. I would, so good. you know, like what is your, when you think about just humanity in general, what is, and, and I think this is, we forget how much we've been, one, secularized, and how much of our thought process has been shaped by something outside of you know the Word of God and and, the, and interactions with the Holy Spirit. So when you think about humanity, is that like your knee jerk? Every, like the fact that you exist is miraculous. Like mm-hmm. literally, it's really hard for a person to even be um, conceived, much less hey, you're you're born and you've lived all of these years, all of these moments, and now mm. we're and we happen to be here at the same moment in uh-huh. time. Yep. Would you say that that's when you just consider humanity in general, that that's what your thought process looks like. I would say that's not been mine. Just reading this, I was like, gosh, well, that's not really, I don't ever, I've never considered what do I really think. I think that goes back to like Mm -hmm. the gospel. Like what is the gospel? Have I owned it for myself? Is it really my story? And then what do I, asking these questions that require us to slow down and and consider, hey, what do I think about people? Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Do I really think like you said you find people interesting? Uh-huh. Well, do I find people interesting? And if I don't, well, why is that? Is that because I associate people with hurt? I, um, I associate people with taking from me the things that I need. Mm-hmm. They're um, they're not they're you know something that I have to get around uh, to accomplish things. So I just wonder how much of our lack of the love of of a person, especially considering. When we're sharing the gospel it's so transactional because you know, of what we believe about people
2: well you know the the danger of anything we do in the church is to make it a religious activity mm-hmm. and uh you know i've been through my years had the opportunity to go to some incredible evangelism trainings conferences and been trained well and when you come off those you're just we're gonna reach every person in our city right and i mean <laughs> we're gonna reach our city it's incredible and uh and you realize it's, it's tougher than that. And uh, so those type of programs, though, tend to want to make you make it a, a, a systemized and a box to check off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love this chapter in the book that we got to love people. And, um, and no better example than that than Jesus um, being in uh, Samaria with a woman at the well. Uh, he just loved people.
1: So can you unpack why that matters? What makes that so unique?
0: What makes what so unique?
1: What makes the fact that Jesus was even in Samaria? Why is it a big deal that he was in Samaria? Why was it?
2: Yeah, the Jewish people, uh, the Samaritans, they considered them half-breeds. And uh, in fact, um, they called them... Like muggles? Yeah, they called them dogs. And uh, uh, that they would not have any part of uh, heaven. And uh, so they, they really, the Jewish people really hated the Samaritans. And then uh, the common um, things that guided the people on that day was that uh, a Jewish man would not be alone talking with a woman. And then a Samaritan woman on top of that, that was two no-nos uh, religious life that Jesus broke uh, because he's not about religion, he's about relationship. And uh, he was on a mission that day uh, from his father and uh, he got an assignment. And so, um, sometimes we had these, you know, religious beliefs that we hold to and that keep us from going places. Maybe that guy would want us to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I might, you know, I might feel uncomfortable, um, sit, sitting, sitting at, at a bar, um, because of some religious things I was taught growing up. Okay. Well, I got to get past the, my religious beliefs and, uh, Jesus was a friend of sinners. I was not taught those things. I know you are not <laughs> So I go with Robbie, and he t- he shows me how to feel more comfortable. Yeah,
1: I love that. So when you say you weren't taught those things, what do you mean?
0: I was just making, trying to make a funny yeah. joke, trying I'm, to trying to. No,
1: but like you didn't grow up with a, you don't have like when you got saved, your your conversion was kind of like this radical moment for you. This.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I I was raised predominantly in the church. I just took a really long 15-year prodigal path during my college years and late 20s. Yeah. But I think the important thing about what Kyle said is that I think as Christians, we have a tendency a lot of times to like invite people to our stuff and not want to go to I don't like to say it like this, but their stuff, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I mean by that is like we're just like, "Hey, come do this, come do this, come do this,
2: come hear what I have to say." And Totally, we lived in uh, Middle Tennessee. And we lived in a cul-de-sac, and we'd have uh, twice a year we'd have a cul-de-sac party. Huh. Walking out of my house, I felt nervous about going in this cul-de-sac and hanging out. But I knew I kn- they're people, just like me, and my nervousness is not their fault. It's my fault. It's my religious trappings that's making me nervous right now, and I need to get out there and just uh, meet people. And have fun.
1: When you make a new friend, what's one way, what's some ways that you start to build that relationship? So let's say I'm looking to actively start like winning my world and I've kept my world fairly small. Um, so I, when I come, I go to work and I do go to work, but I'm pretty reserved on there. I get my job done. Like I'm there to you know, get my paycheck and then I'm out of there. And I go home to my family. And when I come home, I press the garage door opener. I drive my car in and then I shut the garage door opener Mm -hmm. and I don't really do a ton outside because I don't love the outside. And I do what I like when I like. And I'm looking though to shift my perspective. Mm -hmm. Hey, what are some ways that I like, how do I make new friends? This is It sounds like a dumb question, but for real, if you have like a a groove you're in all the time.
0: Yeah. Uh, Maybe that puts too much pressure on those people to think of it that way, like making new friends. Like for some people, the word friend, I think really means like an intimate relationship, right? Like my oldest son, for him to have a friend is like a big deal. Like he might have two or three, right? So I think that I don't know, maybe where there's a better way that we could talk about it. Just, like, say, hey, these are just people you're getting to know or people you're talking to, like, Mm -hmm. um, that takes some of the pressure off of that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially, like, maybe you've, like, been hurt by a close friend, so, like, getting a new friend sounds like a scary thing to you. Um, I think that just, like... I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to describe it. I think that's probably part of the challenge of the three of us being primarily extroverted individuals. Maybe we have mm-hmm. like a different perspective on it because mm-hmm. you said it takes, what, 90 how, well, it's, hours it's, to make a new friend? It's
1: 90 hours to go from acquaintance to like intimate
0: friend. I know people Kyle has met and 15 minutes later he's like, let me introduce you to my friend. Hey, my friend here. And he thinks that they're friends. And they yeah. might think he's their friend too. So,
1: so let's say, Hey, I, what would be then I just want to be able I want to be a part of this. And I think that that's the posture of the heart of a lot of people listening is I feel so stuck. I feel like I'm, I have this way that I live Mm -hmm. my life and I love the way I live my life and I don't really want to change the way I live my life, but I know that God's asking me to shift some things. Yep so that I can be a part of what he's doing. Like, I really want to obey the great commission. So what are some ways to even start thinking or start moving in that direction?
2: Yeah. uh, For me, um, you know, I, I don't, my wife uses the garage, so I'm parked in the driveway. So I get to talk to people. Um, but I look for opportunities. Our community does parties. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be there, and uh, and I be honest, I try not to tell people what I do until they ask me, uh, because once they ask me, it changes how it may change how they act around me. Totally. Uh, for example, I went golfing with two of my neighbors, and um, he texted me before we we left. He said, "Hey man, are you okay if I drink some beers?" I said, "Hey, if it's going to help your game, by all means." And uh, <laughs> I don't think he was expecting that response. And uh, then we got in the car to come home. He was driving. Hey, man, I didn't I didn't drink that much. I'm okay to drive. I wasn't worried about it. But that stuff he's thinking because of what I do, mm-hmm. um, even though he may not know how I feel about that. And uh, and I have no problem with that at all. But he may think I do uh, because of perceptions of growing up in in the religious South. And so um, I try to tell people what I do until they ask me. And uh, but like these two neighbors we did some projects in our neighborhood together. Um, we did some projects in our yards together and just to be around, to get to know them. Um, and then I got on the HOA board with them uh, just Ooh, to spend time power. with them, uh, just to spend time with them and get to know them better. And uh, you know, that's that's been a great way for me to get connected with some of these guys in my neighborhood.
0: Hmm. Um, I got a couple of different thoughts. One so I've always been interested in how the church of the LDS, which are what we call mm-hmm. Mormons, they're trying to go by that mm-hmm. term now, um, they are like super evangelistic, right? They're yeah. the people that send out people on the bikes, elders. dressed up, yeah, the little elders. So I was talking to one guy one time, an elder, I guess, and the things that they teach them first, because I was just like, what does what your training look like? The first three things that they teach them are, and keep in mind I'm not, they don't believe things that align with Christianity. I yeah. just was thinking, like, how is it that they prepare to do this stuff? They're good at yeah. what they do. Yeah. So the first thing that they do is that they teach them uh, to smile, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, everybody can smile even if you don't like talking to people, which is funny. That's like their first big thing, which actually I don't do a gr- g- great job of. People think I'm mad a lot, but, you know. I did mean to talk to you about that. Yeah. You know? Okay, smile. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is they teach them to smile. I have it written down. Oh, find common ground with people. So they're constantly, you know, like if you see somebody with a Liberty hat, you're like, hey, I went to Liberty. You're just looking in the conversation for what the common ground is. And then the third thing is listen, right? So those are the first three parts of their training before they even take them through all the other stuff. So I always thought that that was interesting. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for some steps, I think that those things all apply to our evangelism, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and Kyle said something interesting. He said, well, I show up. And I think a lot of times we just are—we just don't want to show up. First, I don't want to show up for stuff. If I'm just being honest, at the end of the day, I'm tired. I've got my my kids. We've all been doing things, and then, well, there's this event on Saturday, or there's this thing on Monday night, and my knee jerk is like, well, we don't have, and because we don't, we don't have to go. Yep. I want to stay home and do whatever it is that I want to do. Mm-hmm. But, um you know, showing up, there's something to be said for just being present.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I think the first thing uh, sometimes we as Christians have to get over, it's it's not us versus them. There's not a divide there. We're just all people. Yeah. And so if we approach us versus them, uh, that immediately creates a divide. And so we've got to get past that and just be – we're just people. Mm-hmm. We are all have uh, the same – needs, same desires, uh, same fears, um, and um, you know, and some of the same struggles. I mean, I taught with uh, you know, parents in my neighborhood. Man, they're willing to talk about parenting most of the time because it's hard. And so I think we got to get that us versus them out of our minds, and out of our hearts. And that helps us just be relaxed with people. We're just people.
1: Well, our insecurities tend to drive a lot of that, yeah. uh-huh. you know? Um, and so what is it that you're so, you know, where, I think this is why sanctification, like that process of being made into um, God's likeness is so important and why we shouldn't resist it because our worth and our value becomes rooted in who God says we are yeah. and not what man says that we are, whoever that person mm-hmm. may be. So the insecurities that have once driven us, whether to, you know, keep our mouths shut or to not show up or to not n- meet someone new, no longer hold authority over us. Yep. And I would say that a lot of time, and this is just by like personal experience, there are places I won't go and things I won't do and things I won't try because I'm insecure mm. and I, I feel small or not good enough about whatever that is in particular for me, it'd be anything athletic. So, there are some things I don't. I, I hear you're a golfer now. I do golf sometimes. All right, all right. I hit the ball occasionally and I ride a lot in the cart. Um, but I don't like, I don't go to the gym. And it's not because I shouldn't go there and be healthy. I Me know. Either. Oh, man. Oh, yes. Unhealthy together. Come on, diabetes. Um, So you know,
0: a lot more people die from like running and going to the gym than reading books, right? That's not true. No, it's literally true.
1: More people die at the gym. Yeah, like sometimes people
0: have like heart attacks and stuff.
2: This week, someone had a heart attack. Boom. Uh, How many people have
0: died? Somebody tells Aku a a Brazilian
2: health uh, workout person.
0: Yeah. Last person that died reading a book. Tell me. I don't know. Doesn't happen
2: carry Mm. on okay
1: my first thought is not helpful so I'm not (laughs) gonna share it
2: (laughs) um
1: let's filter that away for a later conversation um so for me I don't go to the gym because I'm insecure because I I'm not strong and so there are places that I but I know hey there's a great I know I could meet new people I know that that would be a good place to be but I don't even want to show up because I'm insecure even though I know it's the best thing for me I know it's better for me to go and move my body, and I know it's better to you know, endorphins and things. I don't know. Zach sends me studies all the time about how it's better for me to be physically active.
2: Yeah. Rachel, I'd say one of the things that's helped me uh, to not look at people as a project, um, especially if I'm uh, with new people, Mm -hmm. is to be in in prayer wherever you are, Mm -hmm. asking the Holy Spirit to guide you, uh, to people that he's already drawing to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so when I do that, then I tend to have compassion. And it's not a project. It's not something to be checked off. I'm not going here to you know, share the gospel three times. No, I'm just walking through. And um, literally, I think all of us can do this. I don't care who you are. Uh, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Let me see what you want me to see, mm-hmm. and totally. let me see who you want me to see. And yeah, I don't think you have to start me,
0: doing new stuff. Let me it's connect with that person, life, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, like, that's so good.
2: Like it's people he, are there. He wants to answer that prayer. Yeah. So
1: that's so good. Well, and that's it. Like maybe um, there are some. I there are some things like I have to like be really intentional because of the circle I'm in and how I live my life to meet new people and to create space for others. But you may already be in a place where, hey, you're around people already, and I don't even know how to take my first step. And really, the first step is to ask the Lord. Yep. Hey, right now, and before you get out of your car, or while you're walking to your desk, or while you're at Kroger grocery shopping, you know, asking the Lord yep. to open your eyes so that you can.
2: That gets s- the focus off of us, and um, just our little world, and allows us to see people.
1: That's so good. Well, we're gonna take um, a step back for um, and go ahead and break here so that we can come up with part two for next week I just want to take a quick second and remind you that uh, God has picked you for such a time as this you weren't sent you you weren't created by God right now on accident he chose you and the great commission does apply to you which means he's going to give you everything you need he's you have the gospel story and um, he's given you eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart designed to have compassion for people around you. And so we're really excited to continue our conversation next week. So if you haven't, hit the bell.
0: Can I do that part?
1: You can. Great.
0: Uh, Like and subscribe to our podcast. And uh, what else do we say? Come to our church and hit the bell. bell. and leave some comments below let us know what you thought about this podcast let us know if you hate grits and if you believe exercise is bad for you too Ooh, All right. what do
2: you think of Robbie's was, podcast
0: voice
1: that yeah. was so good I If you i going to do
0: the next podcast entirely in that voice oh please we'll do say, that welcome to Promise, um, so
1: there you go so we'll see you back here next week